Blessed are we who discover we are loved and held in arms that are strong enough to hold that which we cannot. Page 59, good enough. God grant us the serenity to accept the things we cannot change. It's been a hard week, hasn't it? Filled with images of death and destruction caused by greed and ego and abuse of power. If you're like me, you've struggled all week to comprehend the depth of the humanitarian crisis we're seeing in Ukraine. It is overwhelming. We have trouble processing it all. Processing what we see. Hurt. Destruction. Pain separation, and the death of innocent, ordinary people like us. People just like us. One day, their world turned upside down. And what can we do? What's the right thing to do? The world wants to do something to prevent such loss of life and abuse of power, but yet, yet fear Fear of our own destructions keeps nations from moving further into action. And I'm not pretending to know what the answer is, because I don't know. The sanctions don't seem to be working, and a power-hungry man named Putin, who is also a child of God, continues to send tanks and drop bombs on innocent humans. And are there really any words to describe it all? I don't have them. As we examine this event through our theological lens of loving God and loving neighbor, do we really have any idea how to make it all stop? It all continues right now as we sit here in worship. No, God, help us to accept what we cannot change. What can we do? There is such a feeling of hopelessness inside. A world turned upside down and life shattered and we go about our ordinary day here in the state of Kentucky. Oh, we're trying to recover and find normal in the midst of a virus that seems to not stop. We, and we struggle to continue with the unknown of what we expect to come next. In our own state, our elected officials, and Kenny, I'm not poking at you, <laughs> have proposals in the works that could impact our Kentucky trans children in very harmful ways. And they have proposals that will impact the poorest and the weakest of the people in our state. If you're not keeping up, you better get on that, uh, that website and look at what people are voting on. And maybe you think, you know, how, she can, how can she mention that in the middle of a war? Well, if you're a parent or a grandparent or a trans teen, this battle feels just as big and overwhelming in the same way that these images of war leave us. They leave them feeling hopeless and helpless. And let me tell you, if you're a mama struggling to feed your kids and you have nothing in that refrigerator, that feels that big too. 
God, help us to know the difference. Do any of you have an easy answer? I don't. Bad things happen in our world, and we can't, can't explain them away. Oh, we try to. We try to turn the channel so we don't have to watch it. And we can't fix it all. And we all wish we had that big old Band-Aid, big enough to make everyone in the world put down their arms and join hands and sing Kumbaya, don't we? But we don't have that Band-Aid. So we, the faithful, gather this morning. And all we can do for this instance is acknowledge that the world is out of control and we have no idea what we can do next. If I'm truthful with you guys, some days I don't even know how to pray about all that because I don't have the words to acknowledge what I'm feeling. But I believe God knows. Are you guys feeling that way this morning or is it just me struggling with all this? I'm feeling it. In the study of this passage, the Pharisees are warning Jesus that Herod is going to get him. They said, you best be running on out of town, Jesus. You got some bad stuff coming your way. You see, Jesus made folks really uncomfortable. He stood up to the powers that be. He turned everything upside down. The last became first, and no powerful person I know likes being last. He lifted up the brokenhearted and the broken-spirited. He called the children to come, to come to him. He talked to those people he shouldn't be talking to, like Samaritan women at Wells. And emotionally, his love, his love covered every person he met. And that love rubbed against power and ego and traditional hierarchy that humans put in place. You see, Jesus messed the system up. Status quo got a little shaky. I love that about Jesus. So when those Pharisees warned him, Jesus just said, well, you go tell that old fox. You go tell that old fox what I'm doing. And I'm going to spread out some wings like a mother hen and gather the children underneath. Isn't that a wonderful image? When our world is out of control, when we're fearful, when we see the utter worst of humanity right there in front of us, so overwhelming it breaks our heart, perhaps the only thing left for us to do is surrender. Surrender our will and our control over to the power of a God love who is holding out wings for us to crawl under, protective wings, a space, a safe space for us to discern what we can and cannot control. Maybe today our starting place is we just reside in the refuge of God. That's hard for us, isn't it? In prepping for this sermon today, I had to do a little study about mother hens. 
Lately, I feel like every time I preach, I have to do a quick nature study. <laughs> I know you're dying to hear what I found out, so here goes. <laughs> Hens communicate to their chicks both verbally and nonverbally with body language. Mother hens nurture their chicks and teach them what to eat and where to find the best nourishment for their well-being. As a chick pecks to break free from an egg, the mother hen will start cooing as if to comfort the chick about to break into a whole new world, cooing, I'm right here with you. Don't be afraid. In times of danger, there's a screech sound that the mother hen makes that alert the chicks. Danger, 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 run to mama. And she beckons them to the protective wings that she spreads out for them to get under. Isn't that a cool image? Mother hens have no problem distinguishing her chicks from the others in the yard. And I even read one article that said mother hens do not show preference to any of her chicks but she cares for each one of them and protects them just the same. Sounds a little bit like God, doesn't it? So in the middle of what we hope to change and don't know how to change and sometimes don't know how to make the difference in what we can and can't do, when the world is out of control, the best thing we can do is run to God's outstretched wings. Bad things are going to continue to happen to good people. And often in a world of prosperity gospel that teaches us if we act a certain way and if we pay a certain amount of money, God's going to bless us more. God's going to love us more. We're going to be protected more than those people. We're going to prosper because we're faithful. I don't know if you guys grew up with it, but I did. Pay your 10%. I'm not telling you not to tithe, but. Uh, <laughs> but we don't pay to get God's love. Kate Bowler, in her book, Everything Happens for a Reason and Other Lies We've Been Told, writes this. When prosperity believers live out their daily struggles with smiles on their face, Sometimes I just want to applaud. They confront the impossible and joyfully insist that God will make a way. They obediently put miracle oil on their failing bodies. They give large offerings to the church and expect great things to come to them. They stubbornly get out of their hospital beds and declare themselves healed. It's true. That's what faith has taught people over the years here in America. We have been taught by traditional religious dogma that God is omnipotent. And most of us never invite ourselves to think beyond what we've been told by some preacher who was told by some preacher who was told by some preacher what to think about God. But I want to encourage each one of us to wrestle with questions about what we believe about God and how that impacts our faith. We were created to think. It's a God gift. Not in some churches, but we can think here. And we can ask the tough questions. So I'm going to think out loud right now, so just bear with me. If God is all-powerful, if God is all-powerful, 
and does absolutely nothing to stop the humanitarian crisis in Ukraine. I'm not sure I can believe in a God like that. If God is all-powerful and children are starving across the world because we don't know how to share, and God doesn't step in as an all-powerful God, I'm not sure I can believe in a God like that. Is if someone's healing is attributed to a God, an all-powerful God, then why did one person die of a disease and the person in the bed next to them with the same disease go home and recover? You got to think about what we're saying and what we're saying when we talk about God. Traditional dogma tells us of, of an omniscient and all present and all-knowing, <laughs> an all-word that I can't say at this moment. A God who knows all, full of knowledge of everything and is in control of everything and knows how everything's going to turn out before we're even born. Have y'all not heard that? I can't buy this theological lens either. I can't buy into an all-knowing pie-in-the-sky God who moves us around like chess pieces already knowing what the next move's going to be. Well, what do I believe? Maybe y'all don't want to know, but I get to preach this morning. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've struggled with this for a long time. I struggled with this in seminary because I knew I had to have an authentic faith to talk about. I had to know what I believed about God, and it changes all the time. Y'all didn't tell me I had that hanging off my ear this whole time. <laughs> I believe God is all loving. And that God resides in every cell of our makeup. In every one of us. Whether or not we ever acknowledge that God is there, God is there with us. I believe God is goodness and mercy and grace and that God continually beckons us forward to the lure of our potential so that we can grow. I believe God is an all-inclusive God who loves us just like that mother chick loves her hand, her whatever. Y'all got it. That's what works for me. I'm not asking any one of you in this room to believe like me. I am asking you to think about what you do believe. Because we don't have to be on the same page here. We need to understand and wrestle with what we believe about the Creator and how it impacts our actions. God is here in the middle of all things that we cannot control. Thanks be to God, I'm going to add. God is in the middle of our questions and in the middle of a world that is so beyond our control, we don't even know how to talk about it. In the midst of all this wondering. If I'm quiet enough. If you're quiet enough. I can hear a fake cluck, cluck, cluck. A familiar sound of love. And I imagine this. That mother carrying her baby and holding her other child's arm with a death grip as she fights to catch the train. 
I can hear that familiar cluck of a God who loves. In a God who is in the midst of suffering and pain and life, of a God who says, oh, weary traveler, I am with you. Shelter under my wings, I'm here with you. Lean into me. At the bedside of someone about to take their last breath, I hear that gentle coo of God who says, come on, baby. I know this is hard, but lean on into me. I got you. Rest right here under my wing. In the room with national leaders as they struggle to know what to do next and what the right thing to do is, there is a cluck. Come under my wings and commune with me, and let's just wrestle together about what to do next. As that trans teen waits to see if his or her state will vote to prevent them from seeking medical intervention until they're 18 years old, as their anxiety rises about that and they're afraid, God's wings spread out. And they say, you are beautiful and you're enough and you're wonderfully created by me. Run to me and rest a bit. We have been taught that we can fix it. If we work hard enough, believe enough, pray enough, do enough, pay enough. Truth is, we are here and we're doing the best we can do. Some days it doesn't feel like it's good enough. But it is. It is. Kate Ballard wrote this. What would it mean for faithful folks to give up a little piece of the American dream that says, you're limitless? Everything is possible. That mighty kingdom of God is not yet here. What if rich did not have to mean wealthy? What if rich did not have to mean wealthy? And what if whole did not have to mean healed? What if being people of the gospel meant that we are simply people with good news? God is here. We are loved. It is enough. It is enough. So BUCC, let's nestle up under the comfort of God's loving wings. That's enough for us today. That's enough. Blessed are we who discover we are loved and held in arms that are strong enough to hold that which we cannot. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the Bluegrass United Church of Christ podcast. We'd love to have you join us for a service sometime. We meet on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at 500 Don Anna Drive in Lexington, Kentucky. You can find us online at bluegrasschurch.org.